expenses. We give money away to benevolence, to other ministries. Of course, we tithe uh, all the funds that come into the church. Uh, and so, um, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Uh, and so, we'll do that on, on Sunday. And, um, and then, of course, I mentioned about uh, Brother Randy wanting to have his meeting here the end of April, first couple days of May. Uh, and um, it's the authority over demons and seducing spirits. So, uh, buckle up and hang on for the ride, you know, because it, uh, uh, he has both the, the doctrine for it and the experience being in prison for many years uh, of dealing with demonic powers uh, in people, and even since then, but not, uh, not to the extent it was when he was in prison. Um, and so um, uh, we had talked about uh, the, the annex next door, and of course, you know, it's just, uh, if you haven't been over there, it's just an empty shell. We bought that several years ago. Uh, when the business that was there retired, and they asked us if we wanted to buy it, and of course we did, and that way uh, there can't be a tattoo parlor there next door, right? Uh, and so and we thought it'd be good for the church to own that. And so the church owns that building and the building uh, behind that one. And so basically we own all the property on this block here, and we were going to buy, there's an empty lot behind the buildings, and, uh, and it kind of goes out where our parking is, because uh, on the back of the building we don't really have any parking, and so... We had considered buying that, and then the city called me up and said, uh, hey, we're going to buy that, and we're going to pave the whole thing. And so the only thing better than buying land and paving it yourself is let somebody else buy the land and pave it, right? And so, uh, uh, in fact, I think sometime this spring they're going to pave it. Uh, and so that all will be paved. All that's out there that's gravel today is all going to be paved sometime in the spring probably. Uh, and so that will be a real blessing, amen? Uh, and, um, uh, and so... So in that, uh, we've got the contractor, uh, we've got, um, uh, and, you know, I know I'm going into a little, a little bit more details than I normally go on a Wednesday night, but uh, I think it'd be good to have a little discussion about this, but um, uh, we've got uh, quite a bit of money saved up in our, in our account for the church, uh, and we'd like to renovate that building, and so the thoughts were, um, the building's really kind of naturally divided in half, this side and the other side, and so we thought we'd renovate this side and make it a fellowship hall because we don't really have a good place for a fellowship hall right now. Uh, and then the other side, we would kind of, we'd finish up maybe the bathrooms, but leave it mostly unfinished. And if somebody wants to rent it from us, then they could finish out the uh, build out uh, and then uh, rent that side from us since we don't need all that space. It's about 6,000, uh, it's about 3,600 square feet, uh, 1,800 times two. Uh, and so um, we're going to find out how much that's going to cost because the biggest thing is the bathrooms, right? Bathrooms and electricity because it's, like I said, it's empty shell. There's no electricity or plumbing in the building. We tore all that out uh, back in the day. Uh, and so um, so they, they've got the electricians over there and the plumbers over there. They're going to look at that and see what it's going to take to get that done. And we're also going to check with the, uh, uh, the city has got a, uh, a grant program for um, buildings in this area that kind of stops like six inches past our property. So... Uh, we're trying to get them to extend it to include this building, and if, and if they'll do that, then it's typically uh, they pay 75%, uh, and we pay 25%, and that would cover anything external on the outside. So all the windows, because we're going to replace all the windows and doors over there, uh, driveway, awning, paint, that sort of stuff, and which is a big expense, right? It's probably as big as the interior. So uh, the thoughts are we would take that side of the building on this side and just put kitchen, full kitchen, and... Uh, bathrooms on that end of the building and just leave the rest of it open as a fellowship hall. And then we'll, uh, when they did redid the sanctuary, there's actually a, a doorway uh, that was framed in right over there. 
it's magic throw away, you can't see it, but um, so we'd make a little dog run between this building and that building, and they'd have to be a fire door and that sort of thing. But now we can just mosey on in there and have uh, you know fellowship meetings, and we just leave it all set up all the time, right? Uh, and if we can get that done, uh, we've got three months between now and the meeting. If we can get that done, you know, then uh, we'd have a place for uh, the ministers to eat and um, or the guests to eat, right? We'd just see who who all needs to be over there, um, and so. Uh, we really wasn't planning on, on getting it done right now, but um, it seemed like a good time to get it done, right? Uh, and so we'll find out what the budget ne needs to be. I don't know what it is right now, uh, but we'll find out and we'll let you know. And then we can, you can let us know what you think, right? Do we want to try and do that or, or wait, you know? Um, if we wait, it's just as good as if we don't do it, right? So, uh, but it'd be a good time to get it done. And um, uh, so any questions about that before we get in some really important stuff, right? So... That's stuff, but it's not all that important, right? It just things, right? Uh, and so uh, if you have natural things, you've got to take care of natural things, right? And so it's not the most important thing, but they are things, right? And so um, anyway, praise God. If you have questions or thoughts about it, uh, you can let me know after the service. We can uh, have a discussion. And I don't know if some of y'all hadn't seen the building next door. We can, uh, on Sunday, if you want to, we can go over there and look at it. And you can kind of um, see the promised land, right? Uh, and so... Anyway, praise God. Well, let's pray, and we'll get into the Word tonight. So, Father, we do thank you for the Word, and, Father, we thank you for the blessings of heaven. We thank you, Father, that your Word is sure. It's unchangeable. Father, we, our faith is built upon it. And so, Father, we come to you knowing that your Spirit is the one who reveals and teaches and instructs us, Father. It's not our intellect or our education or our background, Father. It's you. Everything comes from you, Father. And so we depend upon the Spirit of God to teach us, to instruct us, to reveal to us, Father. We thank you for these things, Lord, and we give you praise and honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. We'll continue there today. So we are just about to cross the finish line in the book of Philippians 2, right? And so, um, uh, and in this section here, really from about verse 10 to verse 19, uh, he's talking about the financial support that the Philippian church has provided to him. Uh, and so I wanted to back up a little bit. I know we'd covered uh, some of this uh, before. Well, it's been uh, three weeks since we were here last because we, had, um, we were out last week traveling, and a week before that we had uh, Nigel Burroughs who was here during the great blizzard of 2024, right? And so it was me and Jared and Nigel here in the sanctuary. Uh, and so, um, so it's been about three weeks uh, and when we were in um, we were in Florida, there's some things that were mentioned there that I thought that was really helpful that I think would be good for us to go back and look at it. So uh, let's back up to verse 14 here, uh, and, it, and it says, uh, uh, Notwithstanding, you, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Uh, and so he was not talking about physical affliction or persecution. He's talking about the financial difficulties that he was in. Uh, and so one translation said that you shared in my pressure, uh, you helped me know it when I was in trouble. Uh, and so they, they provided uh, a financial blessing to Paul. Uh, and, and of course, as we read further down, we'll see some more details about that. But they assisted Paul uh, here uh, in the ministry, right? And so I wanted to go back over to uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 and look at some, some details here. Because... A friend of mine was actually talking about this in Florida, and um, I hadn't really thought about it that way, so I thought it'd be good to, uh, to give, uh, it was Pastor Anderson, give him some credit for these things. And so uh, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, let's start in verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, 
So this is, so Philippians chapter 4, of course, was written to the church at Philippi, and uh, this church is a church at Corinth. And so all these churches in, it, it were in Asia Minor, uh, and uh, the Corinthian church was a lot further south than Philippi. And so it was in a different uh, region than the, uh, the, the, the church at Corinth and the church at Philippi were in different regions or different states. You know, you can think of it as different states. They didn't really have hard boundaries back then. It was just kind of, well, that place over there, we're going to call that, that area Macedonia. We're going to call this place over here Achaia. And, and we're going to call that over there, you know, Galatia. Well, where does it stop? It stops over there, right? And so there wasn't really, wasn't really a map with boundaries and that sort of thing. And so uh, because people just didn't live in between those areas so much, and they just kind of took over and named that area. So, you know, you know we're... Uh, uh, maybe it's better now with the geography. At least you can build a map, right, uh, today. So uh, he said, moreover, brethren, uh, we, we do you to wit uh, or to inform you of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So uh, the Corinthian church was not the, the, uh, the area of Macedonia, but the church at Philippi was. The church of Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, Laodicea, those were the churches of Macedonia. So those were north uh, of uh, the Corinth church. And so he's telling the, the church at Corinth about the churches that were blessing him in Macedonia, of which uh, the church at Philippi uh, was included. Uh, and he says, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. <clears throat> and so uh, he said, uh, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift taken upon us uh, and taken upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. Uh, and this they did, uh, not as we hoped, uh, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord and unto us uh, by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as, as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. So he's telling the church at Corinth that this, these other groups of churches had been a great blessing to him. Uh, and those churches that he was talking about was in, in the region of Macedonia, of which the church at Philippi was part of it. And he says that here, uh, the, the, the thing that I want to bring out was that, uh, that uh, in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, in verse 2, and their deep poverty abounded unto us the riches of their liberality. So he's telling them that, you know, uh, this is many years. So uh, it, from the time that he uh, visited or the, wrote the book of uh, Second Corinthians to the time that he wrote the, the uh, uh, book of Philippians was about five to six years. So he's writing this book about five or six years before he wrote the book of uh, Philippians. So he's telling them that, you know, when the church at Philippi blessed us, they were in great poverty. But they still did it anyway because it was their heart to help. Uh, and so uh, now we fast forward the five years now he's writing to the church at Philippi. Now uh, they are wealthy, right? Uh, they're no longer in poverty. So here, in, uh, five years ago, six years ago, they were in deep poverty. Now they're out of poverty. Well, how did they get out of poverty? By giving. Uh, and so, uh, and that was the point that uh, uh, Pastor Anderson was making in Florida and, and uh, hadn't really connected all the dates, you know, because you say all these things and then it's important sometimes, you know, well, when is this, when did this, all these things occur? And you put all the timeline together and you see there's a progression of faith, right? So they started out uh, that they decided to, right, Paul uh, never coerced anybody, right? He never forced anybody. He never cried or shed a tear. If you don't give us, you know, we're all going to die. He never manipulated anybody in giving, but 
you know, people chose to give to him anyway uh, uh, because they, they knew his ministry, they desired to help the ministry, and so they, want, they wanted to give. They knew that he had need and that nobody else was needing. In fact, uh, uh, Paul told the Philippians that once and again you gave to me when no other churches were giving to me. Uh, and so, you know, uh, sometimes uh, the Lord needs people who are just willing, not even able, but they were able to, whatever they were uh, able to get together, it was a blessing to Paul. Uh, and so the point of it is uh, they gave their way out of poverty. Uh, and, you know, for, uh, and look, you know, again, uh, you, have to, you have to balance it out with you've got to make sure as a, as a minister, as a ministry, you're not manipulating people, right? That, that you know, well, you need to give to our church or, you know, uh, we, have a, we have a debt-busting anointing, right? Anybody ever heard stuff like that? This church has got a debt-busting anointing. There's no such thing, right? There's, it's made up. That's gobbledygook. Uh, that's, that's witchcraft, right? They're, they're, the only thing out of poverty is faith. Amen? Uh, you give as the Lord instructs you to give, uh, and you'll get out of poverty, right? Uh, and, uh, and even some people say, well, you need to give to this church because this church is good soil. You never find that anywhere in the Word of God that says the destination that you give must be a certain quality in order for you to have, get a return. Because Je- uh, Jesus said, give and what? It shall be given unto you. Uh, and, he did, uh, and also, the Old Testament says, if you give to the poor, what happens? You lend to the Lord, right? Well, you think the poor is a good investment? Yeah, I, mean, you know, I mean, just naturally speaking, right? Uh, you think they're going to take that money and, and, and uh, uh, long-term uh, succeed and be uh, financially stable? More than likely not, because Jesus said you always have the poor with you. What's that mean? doesn't matter what you do. There's always going to be uh, people that just... The money's like sand, right? You just sand through their fingers. Uh, and why is that? Because they don't give, typically, right, it is, the reason, is the fundamental reason. Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, you're always going to have poor people with you. You're always going to have people who just, they can't repay you. They can't, uh, they're never going to learn prosperity on their own. They're just going to have to be cared for. Uh, and Jesus, that's just the way it is, right? Now, if you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, uh, Moses, the Lord told Moses, look, when you go into, into the promised land, he said, there shouldn't be any poor among you. Because you're going to have cities you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, wells you didn't dig. He said, there shouldn't be any poor with you. And so he starts there, but then at the end of it, he says, but you know, you're always going to have poor with you. you know, uh, and so make sure you take care of the poor. But he said, you shouldn't have poor because I'm going to bless you. But you know, it doesn't matter for some people. It doesn't matter what God does for them. They just, they, for whatever reason, you know, and there's a lot of reasons, you know, uh, some people just poor money managers. Some people just have to spend every money, they, every dollar they get. Some people just, you know, they, they just don't know how to handle their money. Uh, you know, some people, they're greedy or they're, you know, I want everything. And sometimes they just, you know, they just don't know, right? They just make mistakes and they don't ever ask. And, and, um, and there's so much pressure in our society to uh, whoever dies with the most toys wins that, uh, that they go spend more money than they have, right? Uh, and instead of using wisdom, right, they go and buy, you know, the, the $300 uh, washing machine on, on weekly payments and they're paying $3,000 for the washing machine, right? And you know that deal, right? And, uh, and you've got all these loan sharks, right? You come, you know, borrow 200 pay back $210 the first time. You borrow $200 the second time and uh, uh, let me know when you retire because you're going to be paying that off until you're retired, right? Uh, because it's like it's typically between three to six hundred percent interest, right? The APR. I mean, you know, and it's it's. I mean, it's just it's criminal, and yet people do it, right? They're, they're desperate, uh, and nobody else will loan them any money. And it always seems odd to me that the people who have the most need 
have to pay the highest interest rates, right? That's business. It's you know, none of my business about that, you know. Uh, and so, so you're always going to have the poor with you. Amen. It's just uh, now, I believe 100%. Any poor person cannot be poor if they want to change tomorrow, right? If they want to follow the word of God and want to change, they can get out of it. Uh, but they have to be willing to listen, right, to the word. They have to be willing to listen to the spirit of God, because the the uh, you know I've over the years I've I've helped people in their finances and I have discussions with them, and uh, a couple things are, are always the same. Number one, they never tithe. Number two, uh, they justify every purchase they make. I have to have that. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I have to have that, whether it's a car, or you know the food channel or cell phones or whatever it is, I had to have it. Uh, and so, so if you're saying you have to have it, that, then you're saying, God, you cannot speak to me about this. You cannot give me any wisdom about this. I refuse to listen or change. I will do this regardless of what you say or, or, or instruct me in the word of God. So the Lord is stuck, right? Because you can't give them, well, don't buy that or go sell that. Well, I can't sell that, Lord. Well, then what do you want me to do, right? Uh, and so, but every single one, there's, without exception, they never tithe. And everyone gave me the same reason. They couldn't afford to. Uh, and again, uh, I mean, I'm not anybody's judge. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't condemn anybody. I, don't, I just still don't condemn anybody, right? I mean, the Bible, the, we read some things in the Old Covenant, specifically in the book of Malachi, that says uh, that if, if you don't bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord, you're cursed with a curse. But where do we live? We live in the New Testament. So you are not cursed if you don't pay your tithes to the Lord, right? Uh, we live in the New Testament. Now, you're not blessed because you do it, right? Uh, you don't get the blessings because you said if you do it, you get the windows of heaven will be opened up for you. So there, there's a blessing in bringing the tithe, right? Bringing the offerings to the Lord. But in the New Testament, there's no curse because we've been redeemed from the curse, amen? Uh, and if you do the things that qualify you for the curse, then that's who has been redeemed from the curse, amen? The people that were not qualified for the curse weren't redeemed from the curse because they never were qualified for the curse anyway. So, and I know some, I've heard plenty of ministers say that if you don't tithe, you're cursed with a curse. Anybody ever heard that? It's not, not New Testament, right? We are, we are redeemed from the curse, amen? Uh, and so, but you're not qualified for the blessing, amen? And so that's the key. And so if you're not cursed, but you're not qualified for the, for the blessing, then you're basically on your own. And you know, some people are okay with that, right? They're okay with, I'm just going to make it through life on my own. I would rather have the blessings of the Lord on my side, wouldn't you? I would rather have the advantage of whatever I do, the Lord blesses it. Amen. Whatever I do, whatever I set my hands to, prospers because of the blessing of the Lord. All right. It blesses, it prospers because the Lord gives you favor. He gives you wisdom. He gives you uh, insight. He, he, he increases uh, the, the seed that you sow. Amen. And he returns back to you uh, abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You can do it on your own, but that's a better deal to me. Right. Uh, and so... So what did, the, what did the church at Philippi do? They gave their way out of poverty. Uh, and again, that's, I don't say that to get money out of your pocket. You, you, if that upsets you, just don't give any money extra here. I'm, I'm not, you know, so uh, if you think I'm trying to get you to give more money to me, then you're not hearing what the Word of God says, amen? Because uh, I'm not trying to get any more money out of you, amen? Our church is prosperous. We've always been prosperous. We will always be prosperous, amen? Uh, because we give. Uh, and if you don't want to give... The Lord will figure it out, amen? Uh, I mean, last year we sold, uh, was it $46,000 worth of books last year? Uh, and so the Lord will figure it out, amen? Uh, and so uh, because from a ministry perspective, you are not the source, right? God is always the source, amen? 
Uh, and so my desire is that you're the source that God uses. My, my desire for you is that God uses you to be the source of this ministry. Uh, and and my, my desire, and it's always been this way, is that this ministry prospers because you prosper. Amen? Uh, and, so, and so as the church prospers more, I, I expect that to happen because my faith is that you prosper more. And that should be the way we do it. Amen? I've had people come to me and say, well, you know, as a church, you need to sell, like, we need to have like a, a bake sale and, a, a, you know, an actual yard sale. Because our yard sales, we give it all away, right? But no, 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 you're missing the point. You're supposed to be making money on the yard sale. Well, we're investing, right? It is an investment, but we're not making money on it, amen? And they said, well, you need to have a bake sale. Like when we do the, uh, uh, when we do the thing for the uh, strawberry festival, right? We, this parade comes right by here. Man, wouldn't that be great? We could have a little bake sale here. We could sell a thousand cupcakes and make a thousand dollars. I'm not doing that because I'm not going to. I'm not going to take from the world to prosper this church. I'm going to b- believe God that you prosper and you give to the church. We're going to give to the world, Amen. Uh, because we're giving to the poor, aren't they? They're, they're the, actually the most poor of them all, poor spiritually, right? And so if we give to them. We lend to the Lord. Uh, and so to me, it's all you know. I'm, I'm always thinking kingdom finances. I'm not thinking about how do we get an extra dollar out of your pocket. You know, some churches do, and just, you know, to me, it's just tasteful. It's just, I just, you know, I, just, I can't be that way. I can't make everything a, a profit center, right? I can't, you know, well, you know, we, we could sell the CDs, you know, for, for, you know, a few bucks. I mean, I'd rather just give them to you, amen? Just give you the CDs, and we'll make it on the back end, amen? Uh, and so, you know, there's some, I mean, there's, there's almost no expense in, in CDs other than time. They're fairly inexpensive. You know, we do sell books, you know, because there's material cost in books. Uh, but um, uh, that's not a, really a profit center. So uh, last year it was and, and just because, you know, people wanted a copy of that book back there. So, uh, so uh, if, uh, if we look at the example of the church at Philippi, he, uh, Paul said they were in deep poverty. That's tough, right? Deep poverty. And yet he said they still gave to his ministry abundantly. And now, uh, uh, five or six years later, they're prosperous. They're a prosperous church, right? Now, why? Because they gave their way out of poverty. Amen? Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, what I always tell folks is, uh, yeah, you know, first of all, I would never say, I don't ever say, I can't afford to tithe. Don't just, I mean, because you're, you're, you're defining your future. You may not be tithing today, uh, but I wouldn't declare, I wouldn't confess that, right? I would say, Lord, I'm not tithing yet, but I'm going to work towards it. Uh, and I would give, uh, I would give a dollar. Every service, I'd give a dollar. If that's what you got to, you know, if you're not there yet, give a dollar. Give something, 50 cents, you know. I'm not trying to get it, you know, and you don't want to give it to me, it's fine. Go find somebody, give it to you, right? But the Bible talks about bringing the tithes into the storehouse, amen? Uh, and so, and, you know, and I know there's a lot of controversy or, uh, or there seems to be some controversy of whether the New Testament says to tithe or not. Jesus talks about tithing and he said you should be tithing, but you should be doing other things. Uh, if you go to... Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 7 talks about Malachi, talks about Abraham, how Abraham tithed to, not Malachi, but uh, Melchizedek, how Abraham tithed everything that he had to Melchizedek. Uh, well, uh, when Abraham was giving his tithe to the, the king of Salem or to uh, Melchizedek, um, that was 400 years before the law was written. So he was showing us that by act of faith you give and then and then later on the book of hebrews also in chapter 7 says because abraham did that and uh, levi was was his descendant 
he said, then the Levites were given tithes, you know, and so, or receiving tithes. Uh, and so if the Levites in, in were the descendants of Abraham, we are also the descendants of Abraham. So because Abraham gave tithes, then we give tithes. And so he's saying that who's ever in that, in that genealogy should be giving tithes. But if you go back in the Old Covenant and look at what was the purpose of the tithe? What was the primary purpose of the tithe that the Lord instructed the Israel to give? Anybody know? Uh, well, who received the tithe primarily? It was the Levites, right? How many tribes were there in Israel? Twelve tribes. When they went into the Promised Land, how many tribes received land? Eleven, right? Uh, and who didn't receive land? The Levites didn't. Why didn't they receive land? Uh, because what's that? God was their portion, but their job was to be the ministers of Israel, right? Their job was not to plow the fields. Uh, grow, the, uh, grow the crops, raise the cattle. Their job was to minister in the temple. Uh, and the Lord wanted them full-time and not be working. And so he told the rest of, of Israel, you take a 10% of what you're bringing in and you give it to the, to the last tribe of Israel. You give it to them so they can spend all their time ministering to me. And, well, what's the difference between the, the ministry of the Levi and the ministry of the ministers today? And if you go to Malachi, what did he say? Uh, bring tithes into the storehouse so, that, so there may be what? Meat in my house. Uh, well, that, I mean, that, that, sometimes we hyper-spiritualize that, but he really was talking about food, right? He was talking about, well, bring it into the storehouse because I want the Levites to actually eat. Uh, and, and some people, you know, they just, I don't know, they, don't you care that the minister eats, right? Uh, I'm not giving that to church, well, but you go every Sunday? Well, you know, well, they've got plenty of money, well, well, yeah, because you're not because of you, right? Uh, and so you don't care that he's not eating. Uh, don't you want to eat? I mean, look like you haven't skipped a meal in a while, right? And so, uh, but you know, some people are that way. Well, I'm not giving out. I got plenty of money. But but the Lord said, look, I, I want them to be able to eat and sustain themselves so they can so do the work of the ministry, uh, and and so it's very practical, right? It's not you know some people super hyper spiritualized giving and tithing and and sowing and reaping, and I know you give it to the Lord, you know, in faith, but at the end of the day, it's just, he wants his ministers to be able to eat, and ideally, he would like his ministers to be able to do their work full-time without having to raise a, raise a cow, right, uh, uh, and plant the crops, and plow the North 40, uh, and, and so that's, it's very practical, amen, and if you could see it from the, from the plan of God, well, wouldn't that be great, you know, the Lord says he's going to prosper all you guys, all 11 tribes, he said, I'm going to give everything. I'm going to give you the lands, cities, wells, everything. I'm going to give it all to you. And you just take a small portion and you give it back to me, primarily to the Levites, right? There were other uses of the tithe, but primarily to the Levites. And, and I want that group to spend all the time in studying the Word of God and teaching the people, and then specifically the, line, the lineage of, Abra, of, of Aaron and Moses, which was uh, the high priest. I want that group to go in once a year and, and offer the, the uh, sacrifice of the atonement for me once a year. But the rest of them are still in the synagogues and doing the teaching and doing all the incense burning and all the day-to-day, -day, you know, sin, uh, uh, sacrifices for sin and just, the, you know, the normal stuff that I'm thankful we don't have to murder chickens today or birds today or, you know, you come to me with a sin, I don't, you don't, I don't have to go murder anything for you, right? Oh, you sin, let me go sneak over to Sherry's house and steal a chicken and murder it, right? And, and so, because I, I ain't got no chickens. You got any chickens? I ain't got no chickens. So I'm going to go murder it, steal one and murder it somewhere. So it's too bad, right? And so, so sometimes, you know, the church, we, we over-spiritualize giving 
and it's just very practical. The Lord, the Lord ideally, uh, the ministry is set aside uh, full-time so that it, and, and of course, people think, well, you got it easy. All right, well, I mean, you think we got to switch swap jobs with me every day, right? I prepare three services a week um, and study and pray and, and uh, you know, do a little bit of counseling, not much uh, counseling, but uh, that right there keep you busy, right? How long would it take, you know, I was looking at the other day, I did a funeral, and funerals are like 20 minutes. It's about three to four hours of work to do a 20-minute funeral of studying, right? If you do it right. Now, you could just, you know, I mean, I could just go pick, pick a, a sermon off the wall. Well, I don't do that. I don't pick sermons off the wall. I don't have a book of sermons, right? I, you know, the Lord gives me a verse, and then I've got to go dig it out, right? And go dig out the rest of the, you know, because it's easy if he gives a verse, but um, he doesn't give you the rest. Of, he wants you to do the rest of the work, right? And so I've got to do all the work and put it together and make it sound super important, like, wow, I'm really amazing. But he gave me all the work anyway. I mean, he, he does all the hard work of, of doing the inspiration. So. so does that make sense? I mean, uh, and yet uh, when you get to talking about money, people get really upset about it. And I don't really know why. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I understand there are, are there crooks in the ministry. Absolutely. Have people done terrible things related to money? 100%. Have there been thieves in the, in the pulpit? All the time, right? Even today, probably there's thieves in a pulpit, right? That doesn't change the word of God. Doesn't change the concept of sowing and reaping. Amen. Uh, is prosperity a valid uh, biblical doctrine? Hundred percent. How many wars are fought in the church because of the idea of prosperity? And yet the Bible says that He takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. Well, well, then why would He want you to prosper, right? Uh, we were we had faith school today, uh, and uh, we were uh, we were talking about measures of faith, uh, and so uh, I think it'd be good just maybe we find it here. Uh, over in, in Matthew uh, chapter uh, six here, and we'll come back to uh, we'll come back to Philippi here in just a minute. The book of Philippians, uh, he said uh, in verse this is in, in Matthew uh, chapter six. He says in verse twenty seven. He says, "Which of you, or in verse twenty eight, and why take you thought for raiment or for clothes, or why are you worried about what you're wearing?" He says, "Consider the lilies of the field." how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He said, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field. So he said that the, that the, uh, the fields, uh, the lilies of the field have the glory of God upon them. Why? Because God wanted them to be beautiful, right? And yet Jesus said, look, I understand that even though they're beautiful, and I mean, more beautiful than Solomon in all of his glory, right? If you go back and read about Solomon, it says that he was so rich that in Jerusalem, like silver was just, was just like, like copper pennies. It was so abundant. Uh, and, and so, uh, and, 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 the Lord, and Jesus is saying, look, the, the Father will go make a whole field of beautiful uh, flowers that, that uh, put Solomon to shame. Uh, and he says, uh, he said, wherefore, if God, so God is doing this, right? God is the one doing this. And yet what happens to that, to that, uh, to those lilies that if he so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven. And so does the Lord know they're going to be cast in the oven? He just said, you know, I'm, look, I'm going to, I'm going to make these things beautiful beyond measure. I don't, but it's some for a moment of time. They're going to, somebody going to come and cut them all down and throw them in a fire right, to, for heat or for, for whatever purpose, right, 
Maybe they just don't like the flowers, right? Some people say, I hate flowers, whatever, you know? I mean, some people just got a bad time with flowers, right? Uh, but, you know, more, more than likely it was just to produce heat, you know, provide heat for them. Uh, and, and so, does the Lord cop an attitude? I can't, you're just wasting it? I'm not spending all my energy building all these flowers. You're just going to throw it in the oven. How many times do people do that? I'm not giving them money to that church. You know, they're just going to use it for, you know, he's going to buy a new suit or something. Uh, I mean, I, well, I remember when I was my pastor, people murmured, I, you know, you look at that beautiful suit he's got on. I can't believe he's wearing that suit, you know. How much did that suit cost? It's like, what in the world? What's wrong with you? You know, what is wrong with you? Uh, in fact, I know after my pastor died, because, you know, there, there was some conflict with my pastor with other people, somebody had left the church years before, came to me, and, and he said these exact words. He said, don't you wish you had all that money back that you gave to that church? And I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? I didn't give that money to the church. I gave the money because the Spirit of God, the, the Lord Jesus, you give that money to that church. Yes, sir, no problem. I wasn't giving it to that person, that church, that building, that, that suit. I was giving it because the Spirit of God says you give. Yes, sir. And that's all I have to do is be obedient. I don't have to, well, you know, I, since I gave, and we were one of the biggest givers in the church. We weren't the, necessarily the biggest givers, but we were one of the biggest givers. We could have said, hey, I'm a big giver. I want that uh, wall painted over there. And I want it, you know, hot pink or purple or stripes and polka dots. No, never. We never, ever, but people did, right? Uh, and they'd get mad at my back. I can't believe he's wearing that, that suit. And, and right here, the Lord himself goes out and spends energy. Glory, he says, right? The glory, the glory of God is the spirit of God, right? So, this, so the Holy Ghost is out there making beautiful fields of flowers, knowing it's for a fleeting moment, and somebody's going to come and just chop it all down and burn it up. What does the Lord say? I don't care. I, I want it to look pretty. It's going to be pretty. Even if for a second, it's still going to be nice. Why? Because that's the kind of Lord he is, right? Uh, and, he, and, and so, and I was just, you know, as I was reading this today, it just, it just really just kind of, you know, sometimes you just see things in a way that you hadn't seen it before. And we've studied this before, right? But I hadn't quite seen it this way. He said, uh, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven. He said, shall he not much more clothe you? So he wasn't saying clothe us more than Solomon. He's saying clothe us more than the lilies of the field that he's put glory upon. And that he, he said, how much more? Not, not he's going to make you equal, because he said Solomon was below it, right? So Solomon was way above everybody else, but he was still below the lilies of the field. Uh, and, the Lord, and, and Jesus said, my desire is that you have more glory even than the lilies of the field, which would put you twice ahead of Solomon. Because then it would say, how much more? So not equal to, not just barely, not, well, let's get, we'll get to Solomon, that's enough. Jesus himself said, how much more? My father wanted to do that for you. So that's, that should be our mindset, right? That, uh, now, look, uh, I know uh, when, I was with, when Dr. Frame was on the earth, he, he said, man, more than anything, I want a ranch in Colorado, right? Ranch in Colorado. You know, I don't want a ranch in Colorado. Because you've got to mow a ranch in Colorado. You've got to put cattle on it. You've got to put barbed wire fences around it. You've got to, you know, I don't want, you, you want a ranch in Colorado? I don't want a ranch in Colorado. But is there anything wrong with him wanting it? No. None of my business if he wants a ranch in Colorado. And he got one before he passed away, you know, and praise God. I'm, I'm glad he got it. Yeah. The only thing better than having a, your, your own ranch in Colorado? Knowing somebody else that does, right? Because then I can go to his ranch, and then he's mowed it, right? He's, he's taking care of everything, planting the whatever, you know, growing whatever. Uh, and so... Uh, but there's things I want, right? Not a ranch in Colorado, but there's other things I want. And so Jesus said, how much more? Now, is that what it says? 
So what should our vision be when it comes to the things that, of this, even, are these natural things? Are clothes natural things? Are flowers natural things? Anything wrong with having a big desire for natural things? There's nothing wrong with it. You know, you've you got to find the balance of it where it doesn't own you, right? So the Lord said, hey, you, I, I gave you that thing. Can, can you give that to somebody else? No, Lord, not so, Lord. Well, then now you're being stingy, right? Because everything we have should be available to the Lord, right? And if he says give it, then you, just, you, know, you give it, right? And so, uh, and so that's the balance. You've got to find it, right? You, wanna, you don't want to, where, 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 you, where you're grasping it, right? Remember the Bible said that, that Jesus didn't think that the glory of God was something to be grasped or to be held on to. Uh, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God or something to be held on to. He gave it away. He gave away being equal with God, didn't he? To come to the earth and, and be born of a child. Uh, and he said, uh, he said, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? And then the real uh, clincher there at the end of the verse, O ye of what? Little faith. People who, who don't think that God wants them to be blessed, little faith. Now, what Jesus, I mean, you, in the context of what Jesus is saying is, look, if you, if you think that you, should, you shouldn't have super nice clothes, just pick one thing out of the, you know, it doesn't matter, super nice job, super nice car, super nice house, whatever it is, I don't care what it is, but see, if you think, well, you shouldn't have that, not that you, you don't have it, but you shouldn't have it, what did Jesus say you were? Little faith. Because Jesus said you'd have such, you should have such a mindset that, Look, I, I should be, uh, because I'm a child of the living God, there should be glory in my life everywhere I go. More glory than that beautiful field of flowers over there. Amen? Now, do ministers use this to manipulate you? Absolutely they do. They shouldn't, but they absolutely do. But this should still inspire you. Lord, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it all. That, that should be the result of that. It shouldn't be, okay, now, who wants to get big? Uh, uh, Brother Nigel was telling me he was at some meeting somewhere overseas, and the pastor got up and said, all right, who's got $100 faith? Come up here, we'll pray for you right now. Who's got $100 faith? <laughs> I was just surprised the Lord just got lightning bolts everywhere, all over the earth, all the time, right? Just, you're just gone, right? Zap. That is so devilish, amen? Because then he worked his way down. All right, who's got $50 faith? Because, you know, you know, you go overseas, like, nobody's got $100 faith, hardly, right? Uh, who, who's got $50 faith? I don't know if he got down to a $1.95 faith or what. I don't know how far he went down. But see, that's manipulative. Amen? Isn't that manipulative? Yeah. See, that, that's manipulative. That's trying, to, that's trying to get you to emotionally give. But see, you have to give by faith. If you emotionally give, you're not any better off. Now, I'm better off, but you're not any better off. And even though I'm better off, I'm only better off for a second. Be, as, you know, as the receiver, of, if I'm the receiver of your giving. Because tomorrow, you're broke. And now you're resentful because you gave. And I manipulated you. Uh, if you're intelligent, right? Some people, they never get it, right? Well, I'm broke. Why am I broke? I don't know, you know. I guess i got to give more. Uh, next time he manipulates me, I'll give more, right? Uh, and so, so I, just, I just really like the Matthew 6, O ye of little faith. You've got to expand your concept of what God wants to do for you, for you right? See, this has to be coming from you, amen? Uh, and, and see, if, if you get the faith, See, then the ministry uh, increases as well, ideally, right? Now, if, you, you know, if you're like the, the, uh, the parable of the guy, right, who, who was prosperous and, and uh, all of his barns couldn't support all of his, all of his uh, uh, blessings, what did he do? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll be bigger, bigger barns so I can keep all more stuff, right? Well, you know, you could just give it away, right? No, heaven, we can't give it away, right? We just got to store it up more. Uh, well, you know, see, then uh, the Lord says, you know, 
what profit do you gain the whole world and lose your soul, right? Uh, and so there is that, right? So you've got to be careful about being, becoming greedy. Uh, and look, a lot of people say, think when my ship comes in, I'm going to start giving. I can guarantee you, if you're not giving when you've got a dollar, you will not give. Because if you make a million dollars, you know, the tithe on that is $100,000. Could you write a $100,000 check? I could do it tomorrow. I mean, today, if you got it today, right? But if I got a million dollars, I'd give, no, I mean, wouldn't even, wouldn't even bat an eyeball. $100,000 right there, right? And if you need help to write that, I can show you how to write it. But, uh, uh, but see, some people, they, they think that. But, you know, if you're, if you're greedy when you got a dollar, you will be greedy when you got $100,000. You'll be greedy when you got, because if you're $100,000, that's $10,000. Can you write a $10,000 check? Because you think about, you know, if you got no money right now, how, what, what would $10,000 be worth to you? A lot, right? And if you suddenly got $100,000, could you write that $10,000 check? Uh, and, you know, I, I suspect that the answer is no. Now, if you change and grow, that's great, you know. Uh, but you should be, be using the example of the Church of Philippi. In their deep poverty, they knew their, the, our way out is to give. Amen? Uh, and, and so, again, I'm not trying to get anything out of you. Because at the end of the, end of the day, what you should do is what the Lord speaks to you to do. Right. Amen? It is not my job to tell you, other than tithing, right? I would encourage you always to tithe. Uh, but as far as giving offerings, because tithing is kind of the entry level, right? Because you've got tithes and offerings. Um, and, and again, I'm not trying to get any, anything out of you. Amen? Uh, but, uh, but my understanding of the Word of God, you know, and it's a little bit of an opinion, but uh, I think it bears... Uh, uh, reason, uh, reasonable um, idea from the book of Malachi that you bring the tithes into the storehouse. So where is your storehouse? It should be your local church, right? Where do you get the most of your food? You should be getting most of your spiritual food from your local church, amen? So your tithes primarily should come to the local church. And Kenneth Hagin, uh, he always believed that. He always taught that. Even though he was a traveling minister, right? And, you know, wouldn't it be great if a traveling minister could receive tithes? But, you know, a traveling minister... Uh, you know, Brother Hagen, he probably had uh, 500 to a million uh, partners in his, in his ministry. Well, if they all gave a dollar a month, that's a million dollars a month. That's $12 million a year. That's pretty good, right? So you've got the economy of scale, whereas local churches, you know, we don't have a million people in a local church. So, it's, you know, it's different, and so it would be easier for them to do that. Uh, and again, um, you know, you've got, to find that, you've got to find that path. So at the end of the day, it's always... Uh, the, the Word of God says, give according to what's in your heart. And so ministers should leave it at that, right? We, we're going to receive an offering. Nothing wrong with receiving an offering, right? Well, it's all about money. You don't have to give. I mean, am I twisting your arm? Am I, am I standing there waiting? Uh, you didn't put anything in there, you know. What are you waiting on? I saw your purse. You know, you got a fat purse right there. You got, I know you got something there. You know, pull some of that out, you stingy. We don't do, you know, we don't do that, right? Uh, uh, but you know, maybe we should do that, right? <laughs> just, Jared, just stand there awkwardly until they do something, right? Just uh, don't say anything, just look at them, right? There have been churches that did that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> churches doing that? <laughs> well, they know from the tithing records, and if you don't give, you get a phone call. Yeah. I've heard. Well, I know churches who, at the beginning of the year, they ask everybody to write their vows down, you know, what are you going to give to the church? And if you slack up, they'll call you. Hey, you said you're going to give so much, you know. You know, I just, I just, I'm not your God. Right? I'm not your Holy Ghost. Uh, if you want to slack up, none of my business, right? The Lord will provide. If you want to quit giving 100%, that's, you know, there are people who go to church, they'll go to church for years 
and won't put a penny into the church. Not a penny. And you know that they breathe more air than that, right? Uh, even though it's free, they still, that air was heated up and cooled for them. Uh, so there's some expense of the air they breathe. Nothing. You're always going to have people like that. Always have people. So the Lord always has to prosper the other people more. So it's benefit for you, right? I'm look, I want to go to church with the most poor people so I can be the blessed, most blessed in the whole church, right? Because the Lord's got to prosper me because I'm going to give, right? Uh, I mean, I don't have a proper, uh, proper uh, uh, financial plan there, but you're always going to have people like that. Amen. And Chris and I, you know, have decided long, we will never get upset if, uh, about people who give or don't give. We're not very, you know, because we, we have to know that, right? Because we have to uh, balance all the books. We have to send out the letters at the end of the year and tell you what you've done and what you haven't done. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, if it's a certain amount of less, we don't even write a letter. I think we're going to start writing a letter. You gave nothing last year, right? <laughs> We're not going to do that. Uh, but that would be pretty funny. Uh, you, our records indicate you gave $0 last year. <laughs> and P.S., straighten up, would you? Uh, uh, and so uh, we, will not, we will never get bitter or upset because somebody gives or doesn't give. Amen? And, and we're not going to think more highly of you if you give big, and we're not going to think less of you if, you if you give less. Amen? I know some ministries are really bad about it. If you're a big giver, they saddle up to you. Oh, you're a big giver. You know, oh, hey, uh, you know. Just, that's so manipulative. And it's so, you go read the book of James, I mean, that'll straighten you up really quick, right? You don't, you don't give any special favors because you've got big givers, and you don't, uh, you don't ignore people because they're not big givers. Amen? Everybody gets the same shot. What's that? Some people give anonymously, right? people give anonymously they, and you'll never know, right? Uh, and so, uh, that, and that's why, uh, and that's a big reason why uh, you shouldn't be judgmental over, over people's giving records or not, right? Because... Maybe they're giving. Maybe they're giving a lot, right? You don't know. Because uh, we do have a, one of our giving records is anonymous, right? Uh, and, uh, and they're always a big giver every year, right? Uh, and so uh, because, you know, people, especially some people feel bad and, and they'll just, uh, you know, if they don't have much to give, a lot of times they won't write their name on it because they think it's a small offering. There's no small offerings. If, if you're giving by faith, it's not small, right? Amen. Uh, the, the widows might. Remember, Jesus said she gave more than everybody. And so you should never, you should never ever uh, feel bad about what you give. If it's according to what's in your heart, you should, Lord, I thank you. I can give a penny, right? To whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're giving by faith, uh, because if you're really giving by faith, it, won't, uh, it will soon be the last time you can give a penny. Uh, tomorrow it may be two pennies, which you've doubled 100%, right? Uh, increased 100%. So, you know, in, in, in the church, there's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, 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 stuff that goes on in relation to, to finances, which uh, really the ministry needs to keep it at the level of faith only, amen, uh, and not manipulate the people because it's, it's so dis, displeasing to the Lord that, from, from, uh, that I'm going to basically steal them because if I, if I manipulate you, that's the same thing as stealing, right? Because it's a scam. Uh, you know, all these scams that go on all the time, and look, I, if, if the prince of Nigeria calls you, let me know. I'll tell you, it's a scam, okay? Don't run to the bank and send the prince of Nigeria $10,000 to get the billion dollars out of Nigeria, amen? But the same thing, if a, if a pastor is scamming you, and look, there's been plenty, uh, you know, uh, one of, I won't mention which one, but we have several traveling ministers to come here. One of them told me that a pastor said, hey, uh, I need you to invest some money into this, into this deal and stole all their money. A pastor, he knew he was stealing the money. He stole it anyway. And he's still, as far as I know, still pastoring, right? 
Uh, how, many, how many times have pastors done that? They get desperate for money, and they start looking at all the money that you've got, and think, well, I need that money more than they need that money. And so they'll manipulate it out of your pocket. Uh, and uh, it's terrible, right? Uh, and yet uh, it happens all the time. Uh, and I, I don't know, I want to see a show of hands, but uh, you know, no doubt, uh, just for the people we've got here, I'm sure some of you have been manipulated from a church to get money out of your pocket that you regret tomorrow. Amen? And you should never regret any money you ever give. You should always be a joy to give and glad to give uh, and thankful that you have, that the Lord has prospered you to give. And, and if you leave it at that, see, it's all good. Amen? Uh, and so Paul wasn't saying, look, you need to give in your poverty, but he was saying they did give uh, in their deep poverty. Now they're prosperous enough that they have all their needs met. Amen? So that's a, that's a pretty good plan. Amen? Uh, and, uh, and look, uh, I, anybody who came to me and said, I'm, I'm struggling financially, I would tell them the same thing. Well, the Bible says to give, and it shall be given unto you. So your only way out is to give. Well, I can't afford to give. Well, then you can't use the Lord to help you get out of it because his plan is you give your way out of poverty. Right? In fact, if you go through the whole scripture, all the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, what you find is the only way to, to receive from the Lord is to give first. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Amen? Bring all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse, and I'll open up for you windows of heaven. But you've got to give first, right? Uh, and so uh, the, the, the Lord has made it clear, right? If you, we're getting to Philippians uh, 4.19, where it says, you know, but my God shall supply all you need according to his riches of glory. But it's, it's uh, uh, the, the verses before that, he's talking about your giving, right? Which is where we're at now in verse 14, that you have done well and communicated or given in my affliction and need. Uh, and so the reason why that their God meets all their needs according to the rich of glory is because they're giving in the, in the previous verses. Uh, and so, again, am I saying that to manipulate you? Well, I'm not, you know, but, you know, there's always going to be people who are, oh, you just, you know, whatever, you know, you, you, you just want to steal our money. Don't give me money, I don't care. You know, you're not my source. The Lord is my source, amen? Uh, this, the Lord is the source of this church. The Lord is the source of my personal finances, amen? This church is not my source in any way. The Lord is always my source. And the Lord will use this church to be my source, you know, as he prospers the church, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, if the church quit giving tomorrow, you know, then, uh, and, and, you know, fortunately, we've always, uh, from the first day we started, the church has always been prosperous, and, and we will always be prosperous, amen? I, I declare that by faith, and we've seen it by, uh, and over the years, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so it's unfortunate these things happen, Amen? Uh, and yet they do happen, amen? Uh, and so, so the Philippian church gave their way out of poverty. Uh, and just real quick, um, we've got just another minute. Let's turn back over to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And, and so as far as the giving goes, you know, we said that the, the primary purpose of the tithe is really just so the, the, uh, the ministers, primarily the pastors, can just eat. It's just not a, it's not a super spiritual thing, you know. I mean, you like eating, don't you? Uh, and so, but then Paul talks about here the fair exchange uh, between what he's doing and what the people are doing for him. He said, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says in verse 11, he said, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap uh, your carnal or natural things? See, he said, see, that's the deal, right? So, so he's saying, look, I'm sowing to you these spiritual revelations from the word of God. Uh, and if I, sow, if I sow that to you, he said, is, is it not fair that I reap from you natural things? Because I'm not, I, it, the reason I'm able to sow to, to you spiritual things is because instead of working all the time, 
I'm praying all the time. Instead of working a nine-to-five job, I'm studying the Word of God. And so I'm taking that my life, and I'm, uh, I'm exchanging my life for revelation. And you're exchanging your life for the, the money that you earn, right? Because so, if you work a 40-hour week, or 50-hour week, or 60-hour week, whatever it is, you're basically exchanging those hours for money, right? And so, so you're exchanging your hours for money of life. I'm exchanging my hours for revelation, and then, and then we're swapping, right? I'll give you the revelation, then, then, then you give, ter- you give uh, natural things back to me. And Paul said, is that not a fair deal? It seems like a pretty fair deal to me, right? Because if I teach you how to be healed and to be whole, and to be well physically, what's that worth financially? How much are you spending on insurance today? How much are you spending on, on medication today? Doctor's bills, uh, surgery. And yet I can tell you how to live by faith and never have to go to the doctor. How much is that worth to you? Uh, I can tell you how to have peace of mind and sleep well every night. Uh, how many people are on Xanax or, or, or uh, I don't know, what, else, what are the other, some of the medications people take for anxiety, anxiety pills and sleeping pills and, you know, I don't take sleeping pills. What's that? Benadryl. Benadryl, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that's, you know, it's coming up springtime, right? How many people have allergies? I don't have allergies. Um, I can tell you by faith how to not have allergies. How much money are people spending on allergy medication? Right, sleeping pills. I mean, you read the fine print of sleeping pills. It might cause you to sleep. You might murder your dog. You know, I mean, it's it's like, uh, but you might sleep. But you know, you might eat your dog too. I don't. We don't know. Uh, and so, uh, it's uh, uh, how how valuable is that to you? And Paul said, you know, it's a fair exchange, right? I'm I'm exchanging my life for things from God. You're exchanging your life, and it's fine. It's not it's not wrong for you to do that because most people are working, right? few people are in ministry, just like the tribes of Israel. We had 11 tribes working and one tribe that wasn't working. Not working in the same way, right? They, they had work to do, but it was different. And Paul said, uh, is, it, uh, is it a great thing? He said, if others betake of this power, this authority over you, or, or shouldn't we rather? Uh, and so he said, nevertheless, we have not used this power. So he, we did talk about how there were some churches where Paul said um, that we don't, we don't take the money from you. Right. Uh, in, in fact, uh, one of them says uh, 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 where Paul said, I'll see if I can find it. Maybe I can't find it right now, but um, I think it was in, in uh, well, we'll have to look for it. But he said, uh, he said, I stole, he used the word, I stole from other churches to be a blessing to you. In other words, I took finances from them so I didn't have to receive finances from you because you needed my help, but you couldn't afford to, to, to fund me to come. He said, I came anyway. Uh, and, and so, but he used a strong word of stole, right? Of course, that's the King James uh, version of that. But um, uh, so, so, and so Paul wasn't like, well, unless you, uh, unless you guarantee me a certain income or certain offering, I'm not coming. Uh, and I know ministry said I do that, right? Well, what, uh, well, we need at least this much money. Can you, can you guarantee that? And they do that, right? I just, you know, I just, I, I thought we the just lives by faith, right? Well, I think the ministry is part of the just too, aren't they? Shouldn't we live by faith? <clears throat> you know, I came to Dayton by faith. I didn't come, you know, well, unless we get a certain, you know, size church, I'm not coming. Unless we have a certain minimum income at the church, I'm not coming. You know, you got to come by faith, amen? Uh, and so, <clears throat> uh, so, you know, there is a lot of things about finances that, that uh, uh, it, it should not be a point of contention to teach about finances in a church. And yet, is it? It is, right? Two things uh, ministers uh, uh, avoid a lot of times. Preaching about children and, and, and money. You're talking about how to raise kids. Well, I'm doing that, you know. <laughs> People get mad, you know. 
uh, and talk about money, well, you just want more money out of me. Uh, you know, you, you should live like everything you have is the Lord's. And if you do, then, then you're good. Amen. Uh, and if you do that, and that's, that's really what Paul is instructing uh, the churches there, that there's a fair exchange uh, between spiritual things and natural things, uh, and, and, and you should be okay with that. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, it's unfortunate that other things have uh, ex- uh, transpired over the years. I know we heard one story this, this uh, a couple was talking about uh, when they would go to these different churches that uh, there'd be a vis- visiting evangelist and the evangelist would, would put a white sheet, up, tack a white sheet on the, on the wall. And it said, I'm not leaving until that sheet is green. And so people had to go up and pin money to the, to the, to the thing, right? And I'd go up there, you got something I could pin a penny with? Because I ain't giving one, you know. I mean, it's, now, isn't that foolish, right? That, that is so ungodly. And yet churches have allowed those things. Now, there was a visiting minister. It wasn't a pastor doing that. There was a visiting. You think he was getting a cut? I don't know, you know. Uh, but, um, I, I mean, I, I was traveling with a friend of mine. He was a traveling minister. And he went to this one church. Uh, and, he, and he said, uh, and he got up and said, everything tonight goes into, uh, into this man's ministry. I thought, it's great. And then we went all out to eat. And he said, hey, I'm just going to give you 50%. He said that. I heard it with my own ears. I'm only going to give you half. I told the people I was going to give you everything, but I'm really only going to give you half. Now, that is of the devil right there, you know. Uh, in fact, I, I just one, one story, and we'll go. Uh, Brother Hagen was at this one church, and uh, uh, they said, well, you know, uh, uh, the way a lot of churches do things back in the day, because he'd go for like weeks at a time at a church, two days, two services a week, six days a week. He'd be at the three, four, five, six, one time, nine weeks at church, you know. That's a lot of meetings, right? Uh, and so they would typically have like, well, on certain nights, the, all the offering goes to Brother Hagen, and other nights it goes to the building fund, you know, and that's fair if, if that's the deal, right? If that's the deal that you work out with the minister, that's fine, right? And so whatever the deal they made, that's the deal they made. Well, of course, it's Brother Hagen, so people are just giving like crazy, and he never manipulated anybody. He just said, uh, let's get ready to receive an offering, and that's it, right? Every now and then he'd say, hey, we're working on this project, you know, if you'd like to give towards that, that'd be great. But he was always very basic, right? Never... Oh, if you don't give, you know, there's none, no manipulation at all. But people started giving. And so the, the elders got together and said, we can't write the check for that. We're not giving out. That's too much money. <laughs> now, now, but that was the deal, right? Everything that comes in this night goes to Brother Hagen. Well, the, well that's too much money. Uh, and so, of course, the pastor just beside him, he doesn't know, right? He, I mean, he knew he was there, right? But he didn't tell Brother Hagen. So Brother Hagen got up, and he's preaching. And right in the middle of preaching, he jumps down goes to the, uh, one of the pews in the church and sits down beside this guy. He goes, he said, you know, people are trying to steal my money for this offering. And he was sitting by the guy who said that. Of course, he didn't know that, but he's sitting right beside the guy. You know, people are trying to steal my money. And he got, went back up and started preaching again, you know. And, of course, the guy's all red-faced, you know, embarrassed. And they go, who told him? Well, the Holy Ghost told him. Now, he didn't know it was that guy until later on. The pastor said, you know who that was, right? Now, and see, that's just, that's just like the Holy Ghost. You know, see, if the Holy Ghost told me, I'd go do that because I, I would have a pure heart. It's like, I'm going to say, you know, you're trying to steal my money. Who told you I was me? Oh, it was I, you. You're the one who told me it was you, right? I didn't know until five seconds ago until you just said it. Uh, and so, but see, it doesn't have to be in the, in the ministry. Sometimes churches will do that. They'll get greedy, right? It's like I told you that pastor, you know, my friend of mine went down, ministered for him, 
everything's going to him. Well, he got a big offering because I was there. I know I gave big. Well, we're going to give half. That is, I mean, that's right from the pit of hell right there, right? I mean, that's just, and there's liars like that every day in the pulpit. Does that mean you shouldn't give? No, because if you give by faith, you're always okay. Amen. Even if the minister's stealing it all, and you're always okay. Amen. Uh, and, and look, if the Lord says don't do, that's fine, you know, whatever. But I, you know, it'd be hard for me to believe the Lord says don't give. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, praise God. We'll, we'll, uh, we've got to get through the, the verse 19 there because the rest of those verses there from verse uh, uh, basically 10 down to 19, he's talking about finances in the church. So, uh, be good for us to spend a little time in that. So we because we need to have uh, uh, operate by faith. Amen. Everything we should do, we should do by faith, whether it's giving or receiving. Uh, but I really like the, 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 the discussion there in Matthew chapter 6, uh, that how much more will God do for you? More, way more than Solomon, right? More than the lilies of the field, if you had the faith for it. Amen? Uh, and so what's the limit? I don't know. How, what, however much, how much more is than the lilies of the field, that's how much faith you should have. Amen? And so praise God. Let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that it's your desire to bless and prosper your people, Father. Uh, and Father, it's, it's your plan and desire to bless the people of the church. It's your plan and desire to bless the pastor of the church, Father. It's your plan and desire to bless the, the traveling ministers of the church. Father, there's no limit in God. It's not a zero-sum game where if someone is prospered, somebody else has to be poor. Uh, that's the way of the world, Father. Your economy is all can be blessed. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, praise God. Well, time to give, right? And so, uh, <laughs> I'm not giving. Fine, right? Uh, I mean, just, I'm never going to get mad about it. Amen. I refuse to do it. Uh, and so, because people cannot give and I can get mad, or people cannot give and I cannot be mad. I mean, it seems like to me a better deal is just not ever get mad about it. Amen. Uh, because uh, that way I can pray sincerely for anybody that I know, you know, is doing that. And I don't really know that specifically, unless, unless somebody writes a note and they never have, I'm not giving to this church. Fine, right, you know. <laughs> uh, but praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive uh, uh, this, this evening's offering. Amen. And, um, but, you know, the, the, there is no limit in God. Uh, and you should hopefully see that in your life. Amen. My desire is for you to see that the Lord desires to prosper you. Not the church, right? Because the church is the secondary, right? The Lord ideally prospers you first, and as a result of your prosperity, then a church is prospered. That's God's economy, amen? That's what Paul said, that, that, and that, to me that's a good, fair thing to do, amen? Uh, I don't want to prosper this church by the world, and I don't want to prosper this church by uh, basically selling you everything, amen? Because uh, if you do that, then we're gonna, we should charge a cover charge to come into the church, Amen? You know, bars do that, amen? Come ahead, Jared. We're not going to have no cover charge here at the church, amen? And so, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that's why bars do that, right? Because they want a basic income. They want to guarantee some level of income, amen? I guess that's why they do that. I don't really haven't talked to many barkeeps, you know, to find out exactly why they do that. So that's, uh, that's uh, not my area of expertise, but um, we're not, what's that? Charge more for good seats? Yeah. Um, we ain't doing that, you know. Uh, my faith is God will prosper you, and all will be well. Amen? Uh, and so praise God. We'll be blessed. Don't forget, we've got prayer Friday night at uh, uh, 7 o'clock here at the church, and uh, we'll see you then.